0: You're now listening to sound talent media check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com drinking was almost like my demise but stop drinking was like a newfound superpower you know like i was like okay i i, I stopped drinking well i can also go down to nine percent body fat i can also start running i can start i can also become better at guitar So all these things that I never thought were possible suddenly were, like, unlocked, so to speak.
1: Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Telemedia, and Evergreen Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Hope you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I have teamed up with them To bring you Heavy Montreal Presents, Vox and Hops, Brutal Montreal 2022. This year's event is happening on September 2nd at Corona Theater and features Deicide performing their classic album Legion in its entirety, along with Cataclysm, who are performing their classic album Serenity and Fire in its entirety. And we have Inhuman Condition that is opening up the gig. Tickets are flying for this show. If you want to come, you better pick some up soon via the link in the description of this podcast. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to be there. We're going to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer together. Do it. You'll regret it if you do not. I'm beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that you discovered metal with, well, you should let them know that the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 300 episodes where I sit down with metal musicians and we talk all about their life, music, and craft beer you would encourage one of your friends to become a future vox and hops head that would be something that i would truly appreciate now today on the podcast i'm super stoked to be with bill hudson of North Tail doro i am morbid he's played for a bunch of other bands he's a killer killer guitarist and an awesome human get ready everyone this is vox and hops episode number 349
0: i warn you what you are about to hear is very
1: disturbing indeed Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Bill Hudson of North Tail. He also plays live guitar for I Am Morbid and Doro. Uh, Bill, you're a busy, busy man. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me for a little bit tonight. Uh, let's jump into the shittiest question of the night the way that I like to start these recently. Uh, how have you been coping with the glorious years, plural? of 2020 2021 and hopefully not the rest of 2022 how have you been doing in these wonderful wonderful times
0: well man i it was pretty tough i gotta say uh when the pandemic started i had about i think it was 57 something you know 50-ish uh shows booked wow. that just disappeared you know uh just disap- between i am Orbit doro and even north tail which i mean uh you know, we put out our first album in twenty nineteen, and then we couldn't really play. You know, yeah. like that. We, we right when we we're gonna start touring, we had a tour with Unleash the Archers that was that would have happened. You know, last year that didn't happen. So we get you know, uh, I I kind of find myself out of work and out of ways to promote my band. So. I went back and I started teaching at a local music shop here really? to where I live. You know, uh, yeah, Music and Arts, which is a guitar center company, but um, just teaching kids. Basically, my students were like between six years old and like maybe fourteen. Okay. And uh, it, it was kind of like my full time job for two years. Um, I hope, uh, uh, luckily, all these gigs came back. And, uh, and, uh, and now I'm busy as shit, you hell know? Yeah, hell yeah. but it was, but, but it was a pretty tough two years. Like as far uh, uh, th- th- the only good thing that they, that those two years brought, and I had, do have to say that is that I got to write the second, write and produce the second Northdale album. Uh, I, I, I was able to, I was able to do a lot more with mm-hmm. that album that I wanted, you know, like, uh, as opposed to having to hurry and write in between tours and all that. So I think artistically, uh, artistically, even though it didn't necessarily sell anymore, but artistically, <laughs> artistically, I think that, that it was good for me to be able to be home and, and actually, you know, do, dive deep into the writing and producing of that album,
1: Eternal Flame. That's right, came out November twenty first via Nuclear Blast. Is that something that's difficult for you? Like you, I have a bunch of questions. I'm very interested about you being like the. Guitarist guy, you need a guitarist. Who do they get? They yeah. get they get Bill Hudson. So many bands yes. you, you've you've played for, and then finding space and time to write and record your own material.
0: That's exactly what what I was thinking when I started Northdale. You know, because because yeah, it's what you said. I'm the guitar guy. You know, I play with all these bands, but one thing I did realize uh, that 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 was really like. So put it this way: around 2019, 2018, you know, I had already sort of like reached every milestone that I have. You know, when you start yeah. as a musician, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah. to do this, this. this. I'm going to
1: play Vakin. I'm by going to the, do this. And, yeah.
0: Exactly, you know, like all that, all that stuff had happened for me by 2019. I had already headlined Vakin. I had played. I had played another show at Vakin. I had toured uh, with everyone from like Sabotage to Udo. The Trans Siberian Orchestra, all this shit had happened. But then I realized that I was I'm the guy that people see when they cannot see someone else, you know. Like uh, if you cannot see Chris Oliva, you see me. If you cannot see Wolf Hoffman in Accept, you see me, you know. If you, and now with I am Morbid, if you yeah. cannot see Trey, <laughs> you see me. You know, so I, I'm always I'm always that guy that you see instead of someone else. So that's when i wanted to release to release something of mine and make some music of mine and and i figured if i'm going to make music of mine it's going to be very real and very honest to what i like this is where north theo comes in and because the in this is why the music is so different than anything that i've ever done you know it's very power metal very melodic because that's what i grew up listening to you know and uh and as far as finding time to do it i don't really like i said the <laughs> pandemic the pandemic was really was really the opportunity to do it the first album half of those songs i had for like years when i was since i was a teenager you know so so it, it's really i mean uh, right now that, now that things are back, I'm having a hard, a hard time fix, finding time to do anything North <laughs> Theory related, you know, <laughs> uh,
1: those songs that you wrote when you were younger, like, and you've had for many years, is, is there a different relationship with those songs because you've had them for that long?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, on the last album, for example, there's a song called King of Your Illusion that honestly, like, I don't even think is the best song in the album, but I wrote, I wrote that song when I was like 18 or 19. And I wanted, you know, I really wanted to I wanted to put it there just because I can. Just because it's my album and I wrote these songs a long time ago. You know, and it's 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 the same with the first album. There's a song fo- called Follow Me too, you know, that I wrote for another band, but I'm like this is my album, I got to put this song here. And uh it's uh I think a lot of the songs I wrote when I was younger, even though even though like I had to re-rework yeah, yeah, them and yeah. all that. But they were very honest to to the way I, to again you know it's very raw, very real, very at the time that I, w- I wrote those songs, I didn't even know any other style, I didn't even know any extreme metal, you know. So there's a there's a certain innocence to them that I really that really that I I personally liked, and that's why I wanted to put it out.
1: You know? Interesting, it's almost like they're more pure because they weren't tainted by all the outside factors of, of what music exactly is now the, the older we get the more we know right and the more songs we've heard so.
0: exactly yeah it, and, and i think it's inevitable at least for me it's been like musician at any time i've been in a position to write for someone or or anything like that the first thought is all is like will this sell you know but back back when i was writing that music it wasn't you know, like, and, and anything with Northdale is not like that. You know, I don't really care if you it sell.
1: It's just for you. So, yeah,
0: exactly. It's 100% artistic and honest, you know.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, this is a sober Vox and Hops episode. Um, very stoked that we, I, I feel I put like a thing out on Facebook saying I'm looking for artists that are sober and I meant to sit down and check who put your name in the comments, but I hit you up because of that. And now here we are. Um, this episode is sponsored by Pitch Black North, the Satanic Tea Company. Uh, do you have some tea? There you go. What What are you going to be drinking on your side? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I've been drinking the Antichrist Pumpkin Spiced, and it's really, really awesome, man. I've been drinking it, you know, for, since we started, it's really, really good tea. Thank you, Pitch Black North, for, for the hookup. Amazing. I, I'm a customer now.
1: Amazing. I love that. Um, the Satanic Tea Lord himself uh, has a promo code for all of the Vox and Hops heads listening. Uh, this is Cryptopsy's "None So Vile," the collab that we did with them. Uh, you can use a Vox Hops fifteen. That's V O X H O P S one five. When you're checking out, you'll save fifteen percent off your entire purchase. Uh, this one has a black lavender with hops in it. Of course, anything I'm involved in has a little bit of hops in it. Uh, so let's just dig straight into sobriety. Uh, how long have you been sober? Uh, what turn that page for you if you feel open enough to discussing that
0: absolutely and uh i've uh, at this point i have i've directly inspired so many people to stop drinking who t- came to me and said i stopped because of you that i you know anyone i can help uh i will so i'm gonna uh this is gonna be a pretty long-winded answer but i feel like it's necessary so i moved from brazil to america in 2005 in order to pursue the career that i have now and uh that's you know that's exactly what i wanted to do it's impossible in my country you can't really become a pro musician like that there's a million things i knew i wanted to be here right and moving to america i i i i jumped straight into the industry my first band Celador, was already on metal blade records We toured with Bullet for My Valentine. We toured with Trivium. So, like, I never had a period of struggle in America trying to find a band and all that. We, we, yeah, I kind of my career kind of started right away, and uh, I was also what twenty years old when that happened, and and with that came all the boots, you know, like like especially especially when you're a new band. And you're now starting to play and people are offering you free booze. You know how that goes, man. You know, like some people survive that others don't. And I didn't, you know, I became, I became, put it this way. I moved to America and six months later, I was a morning drinker. It was that, that short of a period between like being a casual drinker and a fucking full-blown alcoholic you know, and because uh, I have an addictive personality, you know, like I I do. I'm like that with food. I'm like that with exercise. I'm like with that with guitar. I'm like with that with sex. So it, it just, that's the way, that's the way my personality works. So like, that's why I don't use certain heavy drugs that I've tried and I really like, but I see the potential for addiction there. So I don't even want to mess with it. So, but with alcohol, I wasn't mature enough for that. So as my career started developing, so did my drinking. On my first European tour, that was in two thousand and eight, that I went to Europe the first time. Um, I I don't really remember a lot of the tour, like because because I would take I would get a bottle of vodka, and I would take it into my bunk with me, you know. And and then I mean I, you know, you wake up with the bus moving at three in the morning. Oh, time to take a swig, you know. All right, then you pass out again. Now wake up, oh, it's now 10 in the morning. Oh, time to take a swig. Pass out again, you know. It, it, was, it was this pattern. And uh, it happened so fast, you know, like I said, that, that, that it became a part of my life. And, and I, noticed, I noticed relationships be- get destroyed. Uh, I've burned a lot of bridges in the music industry, some of which are still to this day burned. You know, like, okay. I'll be sober for... T- i have been sober for 10 years, but there's people at Metal Blade that still don't talk to me because of this... Things that in happened In 2006, back then. Yeah. you know? It, yeah. So, like, um, it, it's... It took me a little while to understand that it was a problem. And then... When I did understand, then I felt that there was not much I could do. I became a morning drinker, like I said, very quickly, and that was and that was the thing forever, you know, like all these tours. But it got to a point in 2000, and this is already 2011, and I went out on a U.S. tour with uh, Firewind. It was it was a pretty cool bill actually. It was Firewind, uh, Arsis, Night Rage, and White Wizard, and uh, Gus G was also in Night Rage. Yeah so that was like his other band or yeah, whatever and exactly, yeah. so i played f- as a fill-in on that band
1: Sh- shout out to the night rage boys i toured europe with them yeah
0: oh you did yeah mario's what's up brother if you're listening yeah <laughs> so i did that was the last tour i did drinking but it was brutal man it was fucking it was it was stupid you know like like uh at peabody's you, you know peabody somewhere yeah. in ohio or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. I ripped a gumball machine out of the ground and like took it into the bus. Mm -hmm. I was that kind of drunk, you know what I mean? I was the 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 drunk that starts shit with people all the time.
1: Um, You you were fun until you were not fun.
0: Exactly, exactly. But but the fun period was shorter and shorter. You know, like it was starting to get shorter and shorter. But at the end of that tour, so that tour at the time I lived in Los Angeles, and at the end of that tour, the last show was at the Whiskey. And ob- obviously, as a Los Angeles drinker, uh, I used to go to the Rainbow a lot. I was a, I was a, uh, a, a regular. regular there. So after the show, we all had to the Rainbow. And that's the last thing I really that I remember. Um, this is on a Thursday. On the Wednesday after, no. I woke up.
1: Holy shit. Uh, uh, uh,
0: so it, it was after the tour, just by myself, I went on a week drinking binge. Uh, just but no reason for it.
1: There, there, there goes your tour, pay Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, uh, at the time, I used to live by, uh, like, right across from a, a liquor store. So I got into this pattern that week that I would wake up, go to the liquor store, grab a bottle, drink myself till I passed out, wake up, and repeat that. It only stopped when I woke up at like three thirty or four a.m. and the store was closed, and I didn't have any more booze. So then I got sober, my wife lay next to me, saying, saying you know, like, the, do you even know what you're doing? <laughs> like, like, she, like, she hanged, uh, like, my wife was dealing with my drunken ass for a week straight. That, uh, again, the last show was Thursday. By the time I woke up, I'm like, dude, that's a Wednesday, you know, that's a six-day drinking binge after a tour at home. That, that's when you know it's bad. So I was 29 at the time. And I, 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 I just had this thing in my head that, like, if, if I went into 30... Also, I was really out of shape. That's very important to mention. I was 120 kilos, okay. like 250 pounds for really? the people listening really? in America. Yeah, And uh, so the, uh, during that same tour, during that same Firewind tour, I did an audition for another band and I didn't get the gig. But I played really well. And the guy who didn't play well that went after me got the gig. And I'm like, what the fuck? But, I mean, he looked really good. You know, he was in shape. He had good hair. And I was this this gross-looking guy that was really, really big, you know, and dressed really... And I'm like, bands don't want people that look like this. You know, like, I'm never going to be a guitarist that people are going to call if I look like this. I need to look the part. And in order to look the part... I need to lose weight and I'm never going to lose weight if I keep drinking like that. Not to mention everything that I'm ruining. So I need to stop drinking. That was a decision that I made at the end of this tour after that week drinking binge. Still took me another three months of like struggling to, you know, oh, I'm going to stop for two days and then on the second day. but. I made a new year's resolution and that's when somehow it worked. You know, I got I got I got really 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 wasted on New Year's Eve of 2010. Or sorry, 20, 2011. I was in Brazil with my parents and like my parents kicked me out of their friend's house <laughs> because I got
1: so fucked up. Horrible. <laughs> and
0: and, uh, and uh, but yeah, you knew was that was the brutal. end.
1: You were like, this is the yeah, night. I
0: knew that was the end, but then I woke up the next that's that that, that that there and then came the first time that I actually had to act because I had read books and I had listened to to podcasts, which podcasts weren't even popular at that time still but I, but I was listening to a little bit of stuff and when I woke up the next morning, I had a bottle of vodka on on the on the nightstand. So I woke up in the next thing, and first thing I did is grab the bottle, same, and I'm like, oh, wait, today's the first. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, fuck, and I had a terrible hangover, too, so it would, that, that, would, that would have killed it, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, man, and, and that, that's when I was like, maybe I can do another day. Maybe I can start tomorrow, you know? And I was like, nope, that's how I always mess up. And so I just went and tossed everything in the bottle. And at the same time, I went to, uh, again, it was my dad's house. My dad used to live in this building with a big gym, like downstairs. And I went to the gym and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. So I just got on the treadmill and I started walking. And I'm like, you know, we got to start somewhere. So I I walked and then I started like just going up and, well, can I run a little bit? Because I mean, I I hadn't exercising God knows how long at that point. But literally I felt so good at the end of, and it was maybe 10 minutes on the treadmill, 15 or something, you know, like that. But I felt so good at the end. I'm like, man, I wonder wonder if I can keep this up, you know? And uh, so I was like, the first thing I need to do then is not have a social life. At least temporarily,
1: you know. Because everyone... You were so associated with the identity of being the guy that drinks.
0: Exactly, exactly. Oh, I was the guy that drinks in every situation, you know. uh, To this day, I'm the biggest drunk all my friends have ever met, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And so I... I basically stopped going out. I didn't really have a career at that point. So I didn't have a tour to do or anything.
1: So you worked on yourself for the first time. Yeah.
0: Exactly. exactly. I started working on not being a drunk. And, you know, and the first time, the first time actually that, uh, that was put to, oh yeah, very important. NAM happened Mm. during this period. Party,
1: party central. and,
0: and. Yeah, man, and Na- I mean, I have epic stories from Nam for like the ten years prior to that. <laughs> so I'm like, can I go to Nam and stay sober? That was the first, like, the first pr- uh, uh, trial, you know, and that worked. You know, I went. Uh, I I just made sure to go to my room at the end and not party at their hotel and everything, you know, and uh, it worked. And then in March of that year. So, yeah, we're now already in March. So, m- month three, David, David Vincent, my current bandmate in I Am Orbit, comes to LA and, because I, li- again, I lived in LA and he lived here in Florida. And he's like, hey man, I'm in LA, you know, let's meet up and go out. And I had to, you know, I'm like, man, David is here. I gotta see him, you know. So, we go out to this bar and he's like, you're being fucking weird. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. I haven't been in a bar in months, you know, he's like, just don't be so weird. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I can't
1: drink. I don't know what to do with my hands. So,
0: yeah, exactly. So David gets that da- because because my uh, my drink of choice was always vodka and Diet Coke.
1: Okay, okay you know? really? Okay. So
0: David just got me uh, Diet Coke and just handed it to me. I'm like, you know, I can't. It's like, no, dude, it's just Diet Coke. Dude, the second I grabbed the cup and took a sip, it's, it's almost like my body fell into place. I'm like, oh, shit. I can actually do this, Amazing. you know? So I, I joined him, and he he had some friends. I was even being weird with his friends, his other friends. And the second I got the Diet Coke, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go like And suddenly I'm hanging out with everyone, just not drinking, you know? And 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 I'm like, I can do this, you know, obviously. And, and, and man, here's the thing, you know. When I stopped, the, like, like I mentioned before, that my my mindset was very connected to the look, to the way I look. The first thing I wanted to be in shape, you know, and uh, oddly enough. So I stopped drinking in January of 2012 and then of uh, January, 2013, first time my image was used on something guitar related. I was on the cover of the ESP guitars catalog on 2013. And, uh, uh, the irony of it is that the person that picked my photo to be on the cover of the catalog hadn't heard me play. It was just because of the look. It was they're like, "Wow, you look like a rock star. You know, you have you have the right look for what we're looking for to promote the guitar." <laughs> and I mean just a year ago, I was struggling with my look. You know, so like like one year of not drinking Changed everything because from that ESP catalog, I got a bunch of gigs, you know, like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is a good example. They're like, wow, this guy looks good. Let's talk to this guy, you know. So suddenly I start getting these gigs because of the way I look before even people hear me hear me play, which I mean, just a year prior was why I wasn't getting gigs, you know, so drinking was almost like my demise, but stop drinking was like a newfound superpower. You know, like I was like, okay, I I I stopped drinking. Well, I can also go down to nine percent body fat. I can also start running. I can start I can also become better at guitar. So all these things that I never thought were possible suddenly were like unlocked, so to speak. You know, and, and now because I wasn't a drunken asshole, I didn't have to deal with People hating me, I didn't have to deal with with hangovers. Fuck, man, this tour that we just did, 27 shows in 30 days... There were people that weren't doing so good, you know, like, that <laughs> yes. were fucking, like, all day, like, oh, don't talk to me, you know, and then, like, I, I was waking up and running, waking up and I going saw to that. the gym I saw that. and seeing these motherfuckers, seeing all these motherfuckers with their eyes this big, like, the next Getting day, to you actually
1: know? see the cities that you're in, I saw that, I'm, I'm proud of you for that. Yeah.
0: Dude, I, I have to say, man, like, of all the things I've done in my life, stopping drinking was the best one of them, like, it changed everything and i'm not even saying that like uh you need to be as as extreme as i was because i haven't touched alcohol in 10 years now 10 and a half years not even one drop but that's just because just because i know my personality quite frankly i wish i could drink uh h- how do you say it? socially you know i wish i could go out with my friends have a beer a broken yeah. tap it's but, just it's
1: it's not going to yeah. stop well, the, the intensity of it all
0: yeah, exactly. Because, because that's how I am with everything. I'm not able to eat one burrito, you know, I'm not, <laughs> e- I'm not e- able to take a hit of a pipe, you know, like I'm not, I'm not. It's like, it's. You, oh, you either you either go all the way or don't do it all. So I don't do it all. <laughs> you,
1: know? uh, you mentioned that a lot of people have been inspired by you. Uh, how do they know about it? Is it more so like people from your circle that knew you beforehand and now see how good you're doing? And then they realize that they need to reevaluate them, their life as well. So that's why they hit you up.
0: There's that. And there's professional musicians, too. Like there's there's a lot of people. I, I don't want to mention names no, just no, because I didn't them, no. ask for permission. No, no, no but like there's there's musicians like bigger musicians more popular musicians that i've known since since i was a drunk and they saw the transformation then they did the same uh one guy uh, i will mention his name because first of all he passed away and second like that he was always happy to tell people that Uh, ralph Santala, he was like one of my best friends and we met at nam uh he was uh struggling with the booze too and he was like i want to do what you did although i do that you know he came to my house it, it never worked for him unfortunately you know he left us and he still had the problem but uh, if just like him a lot of other people have have reached out and, and i mean there's at least three i'll call three and a half Musicians that I, I know, I'm directly involved with the fact that they stopped drinking
1: because they told me. Are you that that person that they that they call like the I, the, the word sponsor comes to mind? But it, it's you know not everyone.
0: Not really, not really, because I'm not that good at that. It's more like seeing you go from from this to this. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you know. What What's your first piece of advice when someone does call you?
0: Well, the first piece of advice for the most, for the, for most of them is realizing that, that you can't slow down because if you are at the point, because if you are at the point where we're reaching out to people and you say, I tried this, I tried that, I tried that other one, never worked. You need to stop. You need to stop. And I'm not even saying that you need to stop forever. Because when I stopped, I didn't really think that it was going to be forever. I, th- I thought I'm going to stop for now.
1: Was it, was it also like you were going to stop for now and get in shape so that you can get better gigs? And then you just sort of saw the benefits of other things happening in your life because you were sober. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah.
0: That was it. That was it. I was like, I'm going to get in shape. And, you know, and I figure like, ah, by the time I get the gigs, I'll have this under control but i know i want you know? mm-hmm. so yeah, it, yeah, there's a little and, like, uh, shadow
1: in the back of your mind was
0: yeah and the interesting thing too is i don't how do i say i don't like i don't i don't miss or crave booze at all like there's some people that oh you, you're sober so i won't drink around you i'll grab their drink and put it under my <laughs> nose and be like no i don't give a <laughs> shit you know like I, I just don't like it anymore.
1: How about like non? You were were you, were you ever into beer? Vox and hops is always really beer orientated. But you were always more of like a hard liquor drinker.
0: Oh, my thing was vodka, man. Vodka was my vodka. Was, I didn't even actually like beer all that much. So, so you know, you're you know, not like someone I, that's
1: gravitated towards like non alcoholic beer uh, as a way no, to no. Get through things. You, you'll have your Diet Coke and you're happy with that.
0: I have my diet. Yeah, Diet Coke or Diet Mountain Dew. That's my oh, favorite. Yeah? Okay.
1: Get that caffeine kick. Uh, that,
0: uh, yeah, that, oh, dude, every morning. Yeah, see, again, addictions. <laughs> every morning, uh, <laughs> I, I figured out a way to turn that into a good thing because every morning I need to drink Diet Mountain Dew and I drink 50 ounces of it, like the giant oh, yeah. the double okay. gulp from 7 so the, the, Eleven. So I figured out a system. I don't allow myself to drive to the gas station anymore, and it's uh, is a three it's like three and a half miles uh, to go and come back, like you know round trip. Do you run there? So, so I run it, yeah.
1: Amazing, you rule, dude. So
0: that's the only way I allow myself <laughs> to get that diet do I have to run to the gas station and get it. And Otherwise, it I day. can't. You know, every every morning I wake up at six, seven in the morning and do it. You Good know? for you. And on tour, and of course on tour. Uh, I can't find, uh, at least not in Europe, no, you tough, can't yeah. find the fountain Dew. No. So what I do. So what I do is, like, I wake up in the bus, I grab my phone, and I find, like, a gas station. Same distance away, so I run to that and buy, like, a can of Monster, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to keep the habit going,
1: man. Good for you.
0: Yeah, but, but, I mean, there's so many benefits. It's like, at this point, working out and, and exercising and all that stuff is not a chore anymore. It's just something I really, really enjoy. You seem
1: to. And I I was definitely going to talk about working out because I saw a lot of your pictures and you went to the gym on tour a whole bunch, which is commendable. It's not always easy to find a gym. But with all the extra time you have not being hung over, you can definitely fit in those workouts.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, it's it's like, fuck, you're on tour. Uh, I work one hour and a half a day, you know, like the rest of the day the crew is working. I shouldn't even be there. So I'll just, you know, I can either get super stone or go to the gym or both, <laughs> I guess. But, <laughs> but, but, but it, it, you know, you can do something useful or not, you know, basically.
1: I love it. Um, spicy, your question was Helmuth uh, a good gym buddy?
0: Uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, we, we no, we actually, we never, yeah, yeah, we never went together. But I ran into him a couple of times. And the one time we did the photo I, uh, I I ran into him there. But 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 see man, speaking of Helmuth and Belfiger, like that was a good tour that where like everyone was working out. You know, like we, we uh whoa well, everyone, not everyone. There was a bunch of <laughs> fuck ups too. But no, but like like you know, the the TM, the merch girl, Helmuth Dean, uh me, my guitarist Kelly... We were all going pretty much every day, you know, my, my guitar, like my guitar tech, if he had time, he would go to Dominic. Like we, we just we did this thing where every morning somebody would look up a gym and post it in the group, so the smart. WhatsApp group. Too, yeah. Like, yeah, how's to get there? Now, I, I do this thing again, you know, like I, I, I demand on myself to walk. So in Europe, you know, of course. There were a couple of times, I think it was three times maybe, where there was no gym uh, within walking distance. So I made posts, you know, if a fan takes me to the gym or whatever, I'll get you in the guest list. And... Good for you.
1: See, see, that's the, the the good thing to do. I do it. You bring me beer and I'll put yeah. you on. The, that's what I do <laughs> exactly. because that's my yeah. obsession. But <laughs> I but do work, me and hey, Flo man, work out it's... a lot on tour, but not necessarily in a gym. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do elastics and body weight stuff. Oh, that's cool. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, so
0: you so so you are a drinker.
1: I am a drinker. Yeah. Definitely. The podcast oh, okay. is all about craft beer and but I like to have conversations okay. with sober artists to provide like a balanced outlook on, on what okay. alcohol and the negative effects of alcohol as much as there are very nice fun ones for a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, man, you know what?
0: Alcohol alcohol to me is like any other drug. It's it's like it's got uh, it, it can be very fun,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but some people can handle exactly. it, some people cannot. Exactly.
1: That's what I've discovered the more that I'm doing these sober ones. Uh, thank you for being so open about your, your sobriety. I really appreciate that Absolutely, very much. Absolutely, man. Hey, what's up, Fox and heads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates back to being the fill-in guitarist the replacement guitarist the guitarist supreme (laughs) having (laughs) so many people so you you accomplished your goal uh you got sober you got into killer shape nine percent body fat uh you have more time to practice playing guitar uh something that baffles me and you're in a lot of projects and like super technical stuff uh what are the biggest complications trying to learn all this material so quickly uh, you just finished an I am morbid tour, you're going out on tour like in eleven days with Doro. What is your tricks to learn all this material and to memorize it?
0: To be honest, man, that's a question I get asked often and I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't that know. That you, because, yeah. you know, uh so let me let me let me talk about, a little bit about guitar playing. You know, like I when I when I started well and up to I don't know, like my mid twenties, I was always I uh, I I was never the the self-taught kind of guy that oh just play bro i was never like that i went to college i studied i i, I i'm i'm very much like a music theorist in, in you know like every every like i think about music theory all the time i'm like Ooh, if i play this chord you know sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm driving i'm like this chord if i put with this chord hmm, you know like I'm, I'm very much like a music nerd and and especially w- w- coming up as a kid. I really was, uh, I, I wanted to be a shredder. I wanted to be in Malmsteen, you know. And, uh, and the thing is, I've learned how unimportant that is when you're trying to get gigs. You know what I mean? How unimportant your technicality and your abilities are. They might, they might impress someone and push someone over the edge of hiring you. But if you're an incredible shredder, but you're an asshole, you're never going to get hired. You know, if you're an incredible shredder and you, and you don't look the part, you're not going to get hired. You know, so there's all these things that I learned. And then I realized that the one ability that I had that, that kept getting me the gigs is that, is knowing all these songs, they're somehow stored in my head. And the thing is, if you ask me to play, I'm not even going to lie, I'm about to go on a Dora tour. But if you ask me to play certain songs of hers right now, I can't. Because I don't remember, I I, I was with with I am morbid.
1: You have to access the vault. It, it,
0: yes, yes, but the second I, I start running the set on my own here, yeah. everything comes back. Which is what you do. That's you know? that's
1: that's your tactic. You have like the set list set. Do you have like backing yeah. tracks and you just play over it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, or sometimes in, in her case I do, yeah. but 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 in other cases I don't. You know, just like you know, if if you talk to me like. uh Two months ago, I wouldn't know a single more, you know, and now I know them so well because I just played them 27 times in a row. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, but, but, but like when, when Pete called me oh, hey, let's start rehearsing. I had to sit like a couple of days and re- remember. But the thing is, it comes like like a hose, you know, like, like, like yeah. it comes back like a hose. And then, and then even details, like as a guitar player, sometimes, oh man, I remember that this little detail was wrong. Hmm. That kind of stuff comes back too, you know. But that is one type of ability that I never worked on, that I never really cared about. But I know... It's gotta be something that other guitar players don't have because I keep getting asked about
1: this, mm.
0: you know. And uh, so, like, like I, I, it's the same with like the kind of techniques, like, like death metal. I didn't grow up playing death metal. I grew up playing, you know, traditional metal. But like, I, I got now I understand death metal better than the people that did, you know, because because I've done it and I've done it with the with the with big the guys masters, with David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and 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 now and now I flow through that style too, but I I wouldn't be able to point out how I do it. Does that make sense?
1: A hundred percent, yes. Uh, also, what about like stage performance from one band to the other? How do you adapt yourself, or are you just yourself? Because a death metal performance is different than a Doro performance, let's say, or Trans Siberian performance.
0: Sa- same thing. Same thing. Somehow, uh, like. I can't again. I can't explain, but I can give you an example. On a Doro show, I'll never start a helicopter. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that happens in but that happens in very naturally with I Am Orbit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if the beat is the same, you know, ta-ta-dun, 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 ta-ta-dun. with Doro, with Doro, I'll do one thing with I Am Orbit. I'll do another thing. And I'm not sure how I pick, how I make the choices. You know, there's some, there's some, there's some times when I'm playing that I feel my body really weird. I'm like, oh, I probably standing weird right now. But then I watch the video and it looks great, you know. So, so it, it's, it's again, you know, it, it's something that just comes naturally. Now, a lot of, a lot of stage presence, um, that that is natural to me because of experience I know it's not for, for other people. For example, it's very common. You're a singer, right? So it's very common for singers to struggle with people in the band playing instruments in front of them, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're singing, but the bass player is in front of you. Yeah. Like that never happens. Get out of my if spot. If you're listening Get to this podcast yeah. and you're... <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you play bass or guitar, if at any point... You are in front of your singer, you're wrong. <laughs> Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's thinking you have great stage performance, presence. No. If your singer is singing, you're behind it. Mm. And when I say behind <laughs> it, not right behind you, I mean like, like, yeah, a, a, like a triangle yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, a V formation. So, but that stuff becomes obvious with experience. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't know that. Uh, they, they, they think that the closer to the audience they are, the better you looks when it's just not true, you know? So that kind of stuff, yeah, that comes from, you know, working with so many bands and noticing the patterns, you know? Um, There's, like, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, there's literal choreography. I was going to say. You know, like, you have have to do this at this. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So you do that (laughs) enough, you do that enough, you start feeling it, being like, okay, I know this doesn't look good, I know this looks good, you know? Uh, If you're, like, on a band like I Am Orbit, the stage presence is a lot more chaotic but also not you know like you have let's say 7 seconds of a guitar part it's normal to go up front play the guitar part come back so he starts singing again mm-hmm. you know but 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 in order to do that and not look clumsy that takes experience yeah. you know so 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 it's uh, it, again it's it it's a feeling thing for me kind of
1: it's impressive uh i would love to hear about You've played with so many people. Is is there someone? Is there a band that you haven't done yet that you would like to do? If if put put Iron Maiden, there you go. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, my dream is to play like with Iron Maiden or 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 on a more realistic level, Halloween. You know, that would be. That would be. Uh, I know those guys. I, I I always drop hints too. I'm like, hey, you never know. If ever, you you know. want a
1: fourth guitarist? But,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly,
1: exactly.
0: So, um, but yeah, I, I I had a big thing as a kid with sabotage. You know, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, it, it's out of my system now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like when when when, sa- when I was in when I was in high school, sabotage uh, changed the guitarist because Al Petrelli went to Megadeth. And at the time, I had a girlfriend, uh, keep in mind, I didn't speak English at this point, right? I'm in high school in Brazil. And I had a girlfriend who did speak some English. And she got, a, she got a, uh, an email for someone in the Sabotage fan club or whatever, and emailed them and said, hey, I have a guitarist that would like to try out, blah, blah, blah. And we got a response. And we got a, but the response was just standard, like, hey, I'll see what the yeah. band is doing, I'll let you know. Something like that. But to me, a Brazilian who didn't speak English to receive that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I stuck in my head. I'm going to be sabotage. You know, I'm going to obviously didn't happen. Uh, and so then,
1: manifesting your future there.
0: Yeah. But dude, but that's the thing I did because in, this is 2002. So it didn't happen. I didn't join the band. I kept studying in high school. I didn't move to America for another, you know, five years after that or whatever. But then, in 2015, when Sabotage did the big sh- VAC reunion show, there I was. Yeah. I was the only person on stage who was not in the band before during the reunion show. So, so somehow I believe that did that did manifest because it was.
1: I totally believe in stuff like that.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember. Uh, some, some people say, some people talk about. Uh, like, I'm not. I'm not like a big. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of understanding about it, but I see about like when you write something down, you make it into reality. Exactly. Um, Back in high school when this sabotage thing was happening, I was writing on my notebook the name of every musician (laughs) and mine, you know, like instead. Yeah. And it's funny that it ended up working out like that fucking 15 years later, you know? Unbelievable. uh, So, yeah, I, I really do believe that I somehow manifested that,
1: you know? Another question I came to mind about being the fill-in guitarist—I I don't have a better term than yeah. that. I apologize. Um, it's all what, right. When do you know that it's over your time with a band and it's time to go to a different band?
0: Yeah, that that uh, that is something that um, with most gigs that I got, I never thought that time would come. But when it did come, it was very clear to me.
1: And it's it's most like mostly for your from yourself or from the band. I, I'm sure there's different circumstances for each so, one so
0: yeah I'll, I'll, so i'll give an example i don't want to mention the band name but it's a bigger european band that i played with between 17 and 18 and when i joined i was i was like why would the guitarist leave the guy who just left yeah you know yeah, yeah. i was like this is such good money this is such good, uh, situation. You know, basically they'll fly me out there, pay me all this money. I have to pull, show up, play guitar and get back in the bus. Why would anybody not want that gig? You know, uh, and then I started seeing a little bit of annoyances and, you know, over time, but I'm still thinking to myself, man, making the money I'm making here, why would I, why would I ever complain? You know, but then it just got to a point where, where, where I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And at that point, I couldn't go back to it. You know, like, I did another tour, feeling like shit, and at the end of that tour, I'm like, I really don't want to do this anymore, and that's, you know, when I knew it was over. That same pattern has happened pretty much with every band that I stopped working. Interesting.
1: So it always comes from you, where where you know that for your life, this is not where you need to be anymore.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, never, I never got fired or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sometimes bands move on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it does, but he never. I never got fired, and never got sent home. You. I, I. It was always my decision to stop blaming someone, except for the Trans Siberian Orchestra. That was. Uh, I came in in 2015, and then they kind of demoted me to a uh, backup musician. After uh, that, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, which I, 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 they still call me for, so I'm not completely done with that. But but I've only done that one tour in 2015.
1: I was on their their site today, looking at all the the past members or members that have played with them, and I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, and yeah, like, oh, it's a lot. lot of people that work with them. <laughs> it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. But guitar wise, there there hasn't been that many. You know, guitar wise, uh, the the one that was there for the longest was Alex Konick. and then. Uh, uh, of course, Al Petrelli has been there since the beginning. Uh, Al Petrelli, that was in Alice Cooper, Megadeth, Michael Bolton, you know. Uh, Alex Koenig, of course, from Testament. Now we have Joe Hoekstra from Whitesnake, mm-hmm. which is the guy I replaced when I went.
1: Exactly, that's what I saw, yeah.
0: And, uh, but then, you know, he got the gig again. And of course, Chris Caffery from Sabotage and Angus Clark. Uh, and that's basically it for guitars, you know. Now they switch vocalists a lot. Like any given years there's like five faces you don't recognize, <laughs> you know. And uh, but they are they, they are a lot more they are a lot more, let's say, like the nutcracker than like Iron Maiden. You know, they're more of a Christmas show than they are band.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I and I do the one time in the year that I listen to <laughs> Trans siberian Orchestra is at Christmas time and, and that's the truth for me. But <laughs> um I love to hear about how You've been filling the void throughout the pandemic. I am very lucky that I have the podcast. Right before I sit down here, I get the same little feeling that I get before I step on stage. Am I prepared enough? Uh, is the internet going to work? This is how I've been filling the void of performing. Uh, you've been doing a bunch of guest solo work I've been seeing with like Marius Danielson, a Catalyst Catalyst's Crime, um, Vivaldi Metal Project. What? what, what, what t- talk to me about doing guest solo work and, and what goes into that.
0: Uh, you know that that is something I I just I don't really seek that.
1: Okay, people commission you. People hit you up.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time is a it's power metal stuff, which is where I have I would say the most naming. So it, they a lot of these people believe the album will sell more. At least I I, I don't think it does. I don't think the gas thing helps anymore. But but it's a lot of that. You know, it's friends of mine or or like where well, a lot of the time it's not, like some of what you mentioned, is not even people that I knew prior. But it's not something that I seek, you know. It's just friends of mine, hey, you want to do this, you want to do that. I've done... The super cool one that I did recently was Ashes of Eris, which is, uh, that one was a, comp- a total pleasure to do. It's, uh, it's the new band of Matt Barlow, former Ice Turf vocalist. And and also Freddy Vidal is my friend who's also was in Turf, but I keep forgetting who was because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was super cool. Catalyst Crime is another great project too. Uh, they're managed by Alexander Crew from from uh, Leaves Eyes, mm-hmm. good, good friends of mine. So, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to say there. I just people hit me up and I'm like, yeah, of
1: course. And then you, you hit you hit record and you smash out a solo and that's it.
0: Yeah, that that that, that really basically is it. I always ask, you know, do you like this? But I, I'm yet to get someone to say, no, do
1: another <laughs> one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Test you. And yeah.
0: The cool thing about that is that I go, I really go through completely different styles, yeah. you know, because yeah, yeah. at the same time that I have this uh, Catalyst Crime thing, I have a friend of mine, Tom Gautschlager from Germany. He's, he used to be in the band Obscura. Yeah. And he's 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 doing this album that's like Obscura times 100. It's so ridiculous. He makes me tired listening to the guitar parts. <laughs> I imagine trying to play them. But uh, I did uh, I did some soloing for him too. And I, I sent it back to him. And I'm like, this is the most technique I have.
1: This is 110% of Bill Hudson you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I told him, dude, if this, isn't, if this isn't enough, I can't do any more than that. Call someone else. Uh,
1: I love doing collabs. I've released 35 beers in the past year. I've created for my band I, I just love it it's something i love doing it it excites me um, if you could make a bill hudson something not a beer obviously because it's not for you uh what would be a very cool bill hudson collab
0: oh like an energy drink sure a sugar-free energy drink sure. like yeah. uh like uh something you know uh have you ever been to brazil
1: i have played in brazil but it was a tour you know so it was like an in, an in and out type oh, situation b-
0: but that's that's enough. You you definitely you definitely were served something called Guaraná, right? I, a
1: drink. I believe so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Of course, because that's we show we show the foreigners okay. that <laughs> the foreigners that as our pride. You know, we're super proud of this drink here. But uh, it, what it is? It's a soda, and but it's made of Guaraná. Okay, and uh, so I, I would have like a, a energy drink that tastes like that. You
1: know, I like that. That, that makes that, sense for that me. That would
0: be the Bill Hudson drink.
1: I like that very much. Um, one last question. I typically ask, uh, what a hangover cure is to wrap up. I know what your hangover cure was. It was to never stop. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I would like to hear about uh, the silver lining of the pandemic for you. Um, the secret thing that came of it, you know, perhaps it was having time to really dig into Eternal Flame for North Tail. Maybe it's teaching again, something that you weren't doing for quite some time. Uh, what, what, what would be the silver lining of the pandemic for you?
0: It's that, you know, I've uh, I got a lot of time to spend at home that I don't normally. You know, but, I mean, man, since 2016, I just didn't stop. 2016, I had... I think I was out for eight months. 2017, I was out for 10 months. 2018, I was out for nine months. And 19, 19 was something like seven or eight months, too. So all this time that I had at home, and um, and, and I'll even like get a little personal here, too. I've, uh, I, I also learned to appreciate a little more my relationship at home with my wife. I mean, we, we didn't have a bad relationship. We've been married for 16 years. It, it wasn't bad or anything. But but I've I I definitely found I definitely found more appreciation for my relationship and and, and my animals and the life at home. You know, like this is re- this is really something that I was putting in second place, and it was definitely less important. You know, the time I spent at home used to be preparing. used to be yes uh, <laughs> a, a a period of waiting for the next tour. And right now I'm just enjoying being at home and enjoying doing the things here, enjoying my neighborhood and all that. And uh, the pandemic has definitely, definitely helped that, but definitely also Eternal Flame. You know that album uh, could never have happened without the pandemic. I had I had days and days to like marinate over something or into in something and be like, okay, this 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 riff I want to change one note yeah. you know I want to go back and change one there's several things man that like I changed one note or I changed one sound like there, there's a there's one or two solos that were done after the album was already mastered
1: oh yeah okay. I yeah. send
0: it back I'm like no I want to change good for that, you you know <laughs> Yeah, just because we had, we, just because we could. No, amazing. You know? So being at home, being at home. I also learned, um, and I'm sure that it's probably the same with you too, like I also learned the exact time that I, f- that I enjoy being on tour. I enjoy yeah. being on tour three and a half weeks. You know, after three and a half weeks, I want to go home. Yep. Even if it's a nine-week yep. tour, even if it's a 10-week tour, after three and a half weeks, I would like to be home. And I feel that home is the same way. Three and a half weeks and I want to be out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. My, my yin and yang lifestyle has definitely been leaning a little bit too far to one side recently. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. So I would say that's the silver lining for sure.
1: Uh, Bill, thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, uh, talking about life, talking about metal. Uh, talking about guitar talking about your sobriety I really really appreciate it this was really lots of fun and I can't wait to meet you face to face and continue the conversation go to the gym work out together I would love that massive cheers to you
0: Likewise man and thanks thanks for the interesting questions you know it's uh, it's always nice when when we can have a, sit and have a chat and it's not just hey where are you going on tour <laughs> next
1: what are the plans for the future I've I've done I've done countless interviews where which is why I wanted to build Voxen Hops this way.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. No, great job. Great job. It was a lot of fun. Anytime you wanna have a chat, I'm here. Yes. And thanks to Pitch Black too, man. Hell yeah. You, you I'm really enjoy I'm really enjoying this this tea.
1: Perfect. Cheers. Thank you so much. I appreciate
0: it. Cheers. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Take care, man.
1: also so much listening right to the end you know that i love and appreciate that man this is an awesome conversation i'm super stoked that i had the chance to connect with bill such an insightful look into the world of hired gun musicians very interesting that decision to become sober really just paved the path of the rest of his career i'm very very stoked to see how far he takes this which band will he end up playing with um, he's amazing in everything that he does. So massive, massive cheers to Bill. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You get it on my website, Voxenhops.com, That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive two emails a month, which will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I've dropped recently. You'll get to see which episodes I have coming up. You'll get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. And you'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has put on the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. There is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, I hate for you to miss a single thing, so sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I have one more episode coming up this Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads.